Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it's Stewsdays. And even better than just a normal Stewsday, it's a summer Stewsday. And uh, since Stu took the week off last week, this is a, a, just a special event to have him working in August. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. So, so I, I, I take it, uh, could, could we get an update on the uh, weeding around your property? I imagine with the, uh, with the time away from the podcast, you were able to, uh, to clean up that yard. Is it, uh, how's it looking? It, look, it looks, it's looking good. The, the flowers have come up. It's been nice and warm and, uh, you know, I'm having a little clover problem. I got a, I got a bunny rabbit back there. That's, uh, not doing any, not doing me any favors, but, um, but I'm working my way through it. Is it, is it just flowers or have you got some, uh, you got some vegetables going back there? Uh, we have, we have no vegetables. We, we have, uh, like herbs and, uh, you know, I got basil that's like two feet tall, that type of thing, but, um, no, no, uh, no significant, uh, produce uh, coming off the uh, Kedwell farm. Well, you got to get on that. I know. I know, especially with produce prices, like I could probably turn a profit. I know. That's what I did with, uh, with my cherry trees this year. <laughs> it was, uh, fabulous savings. Lots of uh, delicious cherries. Very good for you. And, uh, and I, I wasn't out a penny. Yeah. <laughs> Organic too. Yeah, well, cherries too, because sometimes you see those, they're multiple dollars per pound for cherries. So billions of dollars billions uh, which, which, which gets us back to uh what we should probably be talking about which people probably want to hear about what's going on with inflation and the markets and everything yeah. so uh we, we we did take a week off last week thinking that it might be uh calm and quiet uh it was anything but all kinds of stuff going on in markets uh, i guess we saw you know perhaps uh the, the 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 sort of petering out of this kind of incredible summer rally that we've had uh, and then things have gone, they've gotten a little bit more volatile. This week, we've got uh, Federal Reserve, um, uh, Jer Jerome Powell talking in Jackson Hole at the end of the week, which seems to have people roiled up just in terms of what he's going to say. What, what do you make of what we've seen over the last weeks, Stu, last couple of weeks? Uh, well, I think it's, uh, yeah, like the last time we spoke, uh, you know, the S&P was around um, 4,300, so it's corrected a little bit. Um, you know, there's... There's a, you know, discussion on the inflation front, um, you know, after uh, the July inflation number, which was a little bit lower than expected. And, um, you know, that kind of ushered in some relief that the amount of tightening that the Federal Reserve would need to send the market's way might be less. And, uh, you know, contributed to a rally that had, you know, started earlier in the summer, as you pointed out. And then... Um, you know, the inflation discussion has morphed into, okay, we've probably seen the peak, but what does the path of descent look like? Yes. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that in the past. Like, um, So I think, you know, that path of descent has, has two uh, kind of competing camps. The first is on some good side, uh, like the, the price of goods, used cars, things like this, you know, you can look in the inflation data and say, you know, boy, like inflation in those areas might really be over. Like it's, it's, uh, it's considerably less. If we annualized some of those categories in the month of July, uh, you would be not far from what the federal reserve might hope. The other side is wages and rent, uh, continue to uh, chirp away at higher levels. And, um, you know, the wage thing is probably, uh, the more interesting one. Um, because labor force participation has not 
gone back to levels of pre-pandemic. So in a, in a couple of categories, you know, first and foremost, you know, you know, you just take like, you know, if you have 100 people working in a workforce and, you know, 20 of them get COVID every month and they have to go home for five days, uh, yeah. you, you lose, uh, you know, 100 days of work. Um, so if you, you know, if you otherwise had like 2000 days of work in that month and you lose 100 because 25 percent of the people got COVID, then, you know, then you know, businesses are going to have to spend more to get the same productive capacity. You know, the second thing is, is that people over the age of 55, uh, participation definitely lower than it was um, a pre-COVID. And then there's some other categories as well um, where, you know, we just don't have the same participation. So, you know, this question around uh, the tension on wages, which is high, and are we going to get a response in terms of the number of people uh, that might be available to work. And, um, you know, that's a bit of a longer term discussion around inflation. And, um, and, and, you know, that is, you know, that is uh, another a, a significant component of it that will affect the, the movement of inflation back towards that longer term goal of two to 3%. You know, will it kind of come screaming off of nine and change back down or or uh, will it be a bit more of a subdued uh, descent? Um, you know, and then, and then lastly, and it's not as much a North American feature, but uh, energy prices in Europe, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, the price of power in, uh, in, in Europe being up like tenfold, uh, you know, from what it used to be. Like if, if on Ontario, I think we're, we're paying something like, you know, nine cents uh, per kilowatt hour off peak, maybe 13 cents. Like, you know, you, you know, you would do your laundry in the middle of the day, right, right in peak. So I know you like, you're a big spender, you pay the 13 cents for your laundry, but, exactly. um, you know, that's, that's like north of a dollar, a megawatt, uh, a kilowatt hour in Germany right now. So, you know, that's another source that, um, you know, kind of continues to fester. So, you know, price, uh, is the arbiter of, uh, you know, what's going on in the world. So when price goes up, then worries, uh, you know, come a bit more to the fore. And um, and those are some of the discussions we're having, you know, around the inflation front. You know, the the path of descent in inflation is a lot more important when the S and P hits forty three hundred than when it is at thirty six hundred. Um, yes. And then and then the last thing, and we've talked a lot about this also, is just you know the the you know what's going to happen to earnings. We've put this tightening into the economy. We know it affects you know comes with a lag effect, and, uh, and that might be a little bit more visible into the fall. So those are all the dynamics that uh, continue to present themselves. Earnings forecasts almost always, and I, I know you've spoken about this a lot over the years, and, and we, I think we've covered it a little bit on, on, the, on the podcast over the last several months, but, but there, there always seems to be a, a, a bit of over-optimism around earnings. And, you know, if we look at the last quarter earnings, you know, earnings were pretty solid. They're not, you know, spectacular, but they were pretty solid. When are we going to see this drop in earnings that we should see if the economy is slowing down or if we're even in a recession? Because it, it just it just hasn't manifested itself yet. Yeah, like we've started, like there's two there's two ways to measure earnings. There's, you know, the top down view, which is an economist looks at what's going on in the economy and says, you know, this is the type of earnings the economy is capable of. And then there's all the bottom up forecasts that come from each individual analyst. And the bottom-up forecast is almost always above the top-down one. 
uh, the top-down one has started to leak downwards a little bit, uh, and that bottom-up one, you know, normally converges over time. Um, you know, when we get into the third and fourth quarters of the year, that's when we'll have discussion around the level of demand, the ability to pass through some of the pricing pressure that's still in the environment. Um, and, you know, that tightening that's in place, it, it, it tends to happen with a lag, right? Like, um, you know, the analogy we used last time was, you know, the day they raise interest rates, if I have dinner plans, I still go out to dinner. But six or nine months later, maybe I'm just not going out as often, right? So, um, you know, we can see, we can see when uh, uh, things like the Purchasing Managers Index, which is a, a forward-based indicator of economic growth, the ISM, these types of things, as they start to slow, that normally leads to uh, a reduction in, in forward earnings guidance. Um, I would say today that, you know, that is a fairly well-accepted premise in the next six months. The question is, um, you know, and this sounds like it's a long way away, but already we're kind of on to like, what will 2024 look like? Um, and, uh, you know, a, sh a shallow slowdown uh, due to this tightening that then bottoms and reaccelerates, uh, you know, the market will, will sniff that out, uh, you know, probably towards the back half of this year or back end of this year. And, and so, Stu, one of the things that I hear um, from, oh, I, get, I get this question from a lot of people, and, and I, I mean, there's some validity to the idea, if we, if we look historically, worst performing month of the year is September. Uh, generally, we see big market events, September, October, historically. And, and again, there's some validity to it because, you know, just like we've been talking about, people go away for the summer. Uh, there's a view, you know, when they go away and trading's light and there's not as many people active in the market. Then after Labor Day, school starts again, people are back, the analysts are back, they're reviewing their numbers, they're sharpening their pencil, making sure they get everything, get everything right. And, and that's where you see that readjustment, which is why you see that movement. Are, are, is, there, is there any risk that just this time of year with everything we're seeing that this is, a, is one we got to be particularly concerned about? Uh, yeah, like I think the, the source of concern is, is um, you know, we've had some degree of tightening. Uh, it hasn't really shown up in the numbers yet. Like even uh, there was retail sales came out and, and they were quite strong. Um, and, uh, and, you know, people have, have jobs, they have money that, uh, you know, they built up through the pandemic. So it's hard to totally estimate, you know, when the tightening might hold because there's some resource that people have to draw on. Um, but when you've seen the magnitude of interest rate increases that we've seen, you also know that eventually they will bite. Um, and, and uh, you know, so coming into a seasonally slower period, when tightening has taken place, does raise, uh, you know, some, some near-term uh, risks, no question. Um, you know, longer term, uh, you know, I think, you know, central banks want to cool uh, inflation and slowing the economy is required for that, but they don't want to cause anything undue as well, right? So, uh, you know, that's the delicate part of the job. Um, you know, coming into the fall, we will see, you know, some more interest rate hikes for sure. Uh, the question is, when can they, uh, you know, start to taper those off and how much impact have they had? Um, you know, that, that's a million dollar question, but no question, <laughs> but no question, uh, to be a little wordy, um, 
we have not seen the impact of tightening as of yet in the earnings estimates, and, and that is a concern of ours. So, Stu, you, you and our regular listeners know I pretty much I've just put the ball on the tee for you. What do you do? That's right. Cape's in the mail, by the way. <laughs> well, as as uh, as I'm, uh, you know, I'm really trying to put a moniker on this superhero, dollar cost average boy. Uh, yeah. You know, the DC DCA. Um, you know, even I think I sent you that statistic last week about you know if yeah. you put a dollar in every day of this year in a fairly volatile period, you're actually up. Uh, if you put a dollar in every day, so you know during a volatile period of time, uh, dollar cost averaging is just a tremendous tool to negotiate your way uh, through that environment. Yeah, and I, and I think just just to be precise, the, the, I think at the, the time you sent the stat, the S and P five hundred is down about ten percent on the year. But if you bought a unit of the S and P five hundred every single day this year, you were actually up one point two six percent. So dollar cost averaging boy is a superhero, Stu. Well, he's a superhero in, in the sense that he can't like stop a speeding bullet or anything like that. But <laughs> he's like an endurance, an endurance uh, superhero. Well, the uh, who was it? Einstein said the uh, most powerful force in the universe is compound interest. So uh, you're 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 out of uh, you're a superhero out of that uh, that of, of that ilk. Yeah, uh, that that's likely my only chance of being a superhero, Dave. So. Well, you're, you're, you're pretty good at weeding. And, and then just, just for the record, as we close things out, it's, it's taking actual weeds out of the, your lawn, the ugly weeds out of your lawn, not, not anything else. Yeah, exactly. All right, Stu. Thanks, uh, thanks for, uh, for another great update. And uh, love that. All joking aside, that dollar cost averaging example, so powerful uh, in, in a year of a lot of ups and downs, generally downs. Uh, but to be able to use a strategy that actually would have you up in the face of that uh, again, just shows the, uh, the, the, the power of, of, of that approach uh, as a way to enter into volatile markets. So, uh, so I, hope, uh, I hope we've got lots of people listening because that, that, that approach does work. Great. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.